Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Notes in the Library podcast. As always, I'm your host Emma. And this episode might seem a little bit rushed because for some reason this week, everyone at night has decided to launch out fireworks and everyone has also decided we're going to have thunderstorms almost every night. So it was extremely hard to try to get time into record this. So if all of a sudden you feel like I'm rushing through this episode, probably because I can hear the thunder coming or someone's about to start launching fireworks. So fingers crossed that that does not happen because we're talking about volume three of Modao Zushi or Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation. Last time when we left off, um, Lamaji is carrying Wei Wushen after he's injured and Wei Wushen says, Lanzan, I remember I once carried you on my back like this. And this book actually opens up with the flashbacks of them younger and you actually see that moment of them and the start of their relationship with one another and their companionship in a way. So when the book starts, they are with the Wen clan uh, or the Wen sect. They switch the words a little bit sometimes throughout this book. And it seems as if they're hosting all the other juniors of different sects to come to them to kind of show like their power. And the main thing that kind of sets off everyone's uh, red flags, especially Wei Wuxian, is when they demand all the juniors to give up their swords and he's like, oh, well, Lan Wanji would never, and he then watches as Lan Wanji gives it over. He gives over Bichen, who is his sword. And you actually learn that Lan Wanji is struggling right now. He's going through a rough time, and that's actually because of the Wen tribe, or the Wen sect. I don't know why I keep saying tribe for some reason. And you actually learn that the Wen sect had accused the Lans of, Gu- of Guzo of a crime and has demanded them to burn down their entire, pretty much cloud recess, their entire area. And when they refused, the Wens do it themselves. And you learn that Lan Wanji was actually protecting the library pavilion, which is where all of their sacred teachings and sacred scrolls are all their rules, their history, their family legacy, because Lan Wanji, his brother um, Lan Shichen, they are direct descendants. They are the Lan uh, people. So this, these, of course, texts are very sacred. They are their grandparents, their parents, their uncles, their aunts. Like This is their pretty much family history and the entire foundation of their way of life, their cultivation sect, teaching methods, everything. This is everything they have. And you learn that Wei Wuxian and Zhang Cheng learn that something is wrong with him and they mention that Lan Wanji's leg was broken because he's a little bit weak on it so he limps a little bit and he's trying to co- kind of cover the pain he's in but it's very clear he isn't. So it says that the first place Wen Shu ordered them to burn was the library pavilion. He said anyone who disobeyed would be taught a valuable lesson, but Lan Wanji refused to do so. So Wen Shu's subordinates surrounded him and broke his leg. They didn't even give him a chance to heal up before dragging him all the way out here. Who knows why they're tormenting us like this. So not only has Wei Wuxian just watched Lan Wanji get verbally abused by Wen Chao, who is now kind of running this whole thing, but he learns that Wen Shu, who's another high-ranking member of the Wen sect, pretty much burned Lan Wanji and they're like 16 or something in this, like he's still a child when this happens. And so you learn his uncle is on death's door. He's not waking up and his brother, Lan Shichen, has disappeared. 
He's nowhere to be found. They have no idea where he is. So he's just Lamon G. Like that's the only, he is his only support system right now. And maybe that is why he's grown up to be kind of cold and distant, very like stoic because clearly when he needed someone and when the other sects knew that the Lan sect of Yuzo was innocent, no one stood up for them. So not only was he disavowed, like his sect was disavowed by everyone for no reason. They all knew they were innocent. No one liked the Wen, the Wen clan. Like they, they were the evil people. Like no one liked them. They were the bullies. So no one stood up for the cloud recess and maintaining that even though the Lan sect has stood up for other people. But then they wanted to burn Lamanji's favorite place first. He loved the library pavilion. And when he went to, to protect that, because that is not only his favorite place, his safe space, but holds all of the family's teachings. He was beaten and his leg was broken. He comes through, his uncle is nearly dead. The cloud recess is burned. The library is burned. They don't know what Shi Chen was able to save and he's gone. But you actually learn much later on, near like I think it was page 96 I have written down, that you learn that um, Lan Shi Chen actually saved a lot of the scrolls. But again, it was said that they had tens of thousands of scrolls. How much could Shi Chen really save at that point? Again, he is one man. I don't know the extent of his cultivation powers. How much was he able to save? That number was not said, but it is said that he saved some of the most important ones. But again, I mean, that's your whole family history. Even just losing one of them is devastating to them. Lan Wanji and Wei Wuxian, they end up with the other juniors, they end up fighting a beast. Lan Wanji gets extremely hurt to the point where Wei Wuxian actually takes off his headband and uses it to kind of kind of make a cast in the way for his legs. His leg is just destroyed. Like he, it was bitten by the beast. It's the same leg that was just broken. Like he is, the leg is struggling right now for Lan Wanji. Wei Wuxian carries him on his back the same way that in the future and in the last volume, Lan Wanji carries him. So it's kind of this coming full circle that Wei Wuxian protected Lan Wanji when he was at his weakest and his lowest moment right there. He had no family. He was getting verbally abused by Wen Chao in front of everyone. Because the Lan sect of Yuzo is known for their discipline, their dedication, their intelligence, their prestige. And for him to get verbally humiliated in front of all these juniors when he does not have his brother or his uncle or anyone else with him, it's worse. It's humiliating. And not only is that he's injured, he's supposed to be one of the strongest in his sect. He's supposed to be one of the best juniors. They call him and his brother the twin jades of Guzo. They are the peak, like they are who you should strive to be like. And yet here he is, weak, abused, and without anyone. So Wei Wuxian clearly sees that and he helps him with this. And they actually sacrifice themselves to get everyone else away. So you see that and you also are still seeing Wei Wuxian as we have seen him. Like, yeah, he's a troublemaker, but what has caused him to become the Yingling Patriarch to cause people to fear him and to hate him that much? And actually, you see it in this book finally. And it almost puts it together how it happens and what caused this. So the first glimpse that you really see is Madame Wu is very harsh to Wei Wuxian. She's connected with Zhang Cheng and that sect, the Zhang sect, and she is extremely harsh to Wei Wuxian. She whips him for 
seems the littlest things. She also is like, this is not enough. She wants to cut off his arm. And Jiang Chang says, no, don't cut off mine. So you see they're also having a brotherhood. You also see in the future, they don't get along very well. So you also have to wonder what is happening. But Wei Wuxian is able to keep his arm. He runs away and he runs back into Wen Chao and the Wen sect. They take him to the burial mounds and that is where he's actually pushed in because they realize that Wei Wuxian is going to cause problems for them. So they hope that the burial mounds are going to kill him. And they even say, no one who's been pushed into the burial mounds has survived. And with the way it's described in the book, it's dark, very jagged. It's almost as if it reminds me much of the elephant graveyard from Lion King. You know, like it's beautiful in the um, savannah and there, and you have life and everyone living together and then when you get to the elephant graveyard it's really dark it was really rocky it was it, it was eerie feeling that is kind of the feeling i am getting when reading about the burial mounts he pushes his him, him in and he, no one can find him lao Ji and jeng chen team up they're searching for him other juniors in different sects they're searching for him no one can find him because no one knows or even would think that he would be in the burial mound he's actually gone for three months and what i found really sweet is Lawanji clearly cares about him, he keeps looking for him. And there actually is a moment when Lawanji and Shi Chen get the swords back from the Wen tribe of all the juniors at the beginning when they took them. And Lawanji holds on to Wei Wuxian's. And Jiang Cheng says, Oh, I'll take it, I'll bring it back, I'll store it. And he says, No, I will hold on to it until I find Wei Wuxian. And he actually carries it with him. So he has Bi Chen, and then he has uh, Subin, who is. Uh, Wei Wuxian's sword so he carries both of them which I think was a really a really sweet moment because you can tell like Lan Wan, like people are starting to think Wei Wuxian is dead and he's not coming back Lan Wan Ji is like no he's out there and I will hold on to his sword and I also think in a way it is if Lan Wan, if Wei Wuxian is gone and Lan Wan Ji cannot find him I think Lan Wan Ji is keeping it says this is my memory of him because Lan Wan Ji also makes a comment once that he shouldn't have given up his sword with Wen Chao and if he had known he wouldn't have so maybe we uh lamanji in a way is trying to make up for not having his sword to defend him and the juniors and the other innocents when that beast was attacking them or when the when tribe was starting to attack the juniors during that training in a way sense maybe it's him trying to overcompensate because he could not protect his family when the library pavilion and the rest of the cloud recess was ruined but now you see that lamanji always has his sword on him and he always has his kind of weapons that defend himself or his magical um, objects that can protect himself and the people around him I think is overcompensating because again this they don't go into much detail about what happened when the when tribe burned the cloud recess but I can only imagine it being a devastating and traumatic experience especially when he had no one else and when he comes through brother is gone and lots of people are missing everything's destroyed uncle's on death's door it's just not a good experience for him and you see just how ruthless and having control the, the Wen sect is. It goes on saying that anyone who did not team up with the Wen clan or fell in line were punished harshly. Well, this is actually really goes into politics. So it says that the Lion clan of Guzo had been burned down. 
The Jang clan of Yumang has been annihilated. Countless other families, big and small, have been persecuted in various ways. It wasn't that voices of resistance didn't exist, it's just that they had always been quickly quelled by the Wen clan. That is why they hadn't taken seriously three months ago when the four clans of Jin, Nei, Lan, and Jiang formed an alliance revolt under the banner of whatever they called it, the Sunshot Campaign or something. It is not good. It is not looking well for them. But then, all of a sudden, something changes. And actually only about 10 pages later, Wei Wuxian returns. And it is devastating. Actually, devastating is not even the word for it. It is total annihilation that Wei Wuxian does. He destroys everything the Wen clan cares about. In a way. He goes after Wen Chao and his right-hand man and the violence that is described. I've actually seen the scene of the anime and the anime actually makes it worse than the book. The book you can imagine it but then just seeing it and hearing the voice actors because the voice actors are really good in it so far. It is devastating and it says and Lan Wanji and Jiang Chen they witness this. They are witnessing Wei Wuxian return and just pretty much rip not like even metaphorically, like literally rip when Chow apart. And so the newcomer slowly ascended the stairs, dressed entirely in black. He was a cut, slender figure. There was a flute hanging at his waist. He had walked with his hands clasped behind his back. On the roof, Lao Wanji and Jiang Chen gripped the hilt of their sword. The person finished making his leisurely way upstairs and turned to look at the room's occupants with a smile. The moment Lan Wanji laid eyes on the guest's bright, han handsome, and familiar face, his eyes widened in disbelief. His lips quivered. He mouthed a couple of words. Zhang Chen almost sprang to his feet right then and there. Wei Wuxian. But aside from the face, nothing about the person resembled the Wei Wuxian they once knew. Wei Wuxian was a bright, exuberant youth with a hint of laughter forever in the corner of his eyes and lips. Furthermore, he had never been one to walk so properly. This person was shrouded in gloom and biting cold. He was handsome, but ghastly pale and the smile that can only be described as sinister. And there are images of ghosts eating people, ripping people apart, and Wei Wuxian with his flute can control ghosts and his cultivation powers. It is a very violent and bloody thing. And everyone is actually cheering on Wei Wuxian because like, we are free from Wen Chao and the Wen sect. There is nothing left. But Lan Wanji actually says, this is not right, this is not you, we, we cannot go about it this way. It is said that Lan Wanji rebuked Wei Wuxian when everyone loved him and protected him when everyone hated him, and it shows. We've seen him protect Wei Wuxian when everyone hated him. Now we're seeing him rebuke Wei Wuxian when everyone loved him. Wei Wuxian right now is dealed as a hero, but things clearly change. The Yinling Patriarch is Wei Wuxian after the burial mound, and MXTX actually has said that she had not written what happened to Wei Wuxian and the burial mound because she thought it was too horrific to put into words. That is probably me paraphrasing that, and who knows if the translation is correct. I saw the translation on Twitter, so again, who knows. But to have someone like Wei Wuxian, who is bright and laughable and fun, turn into something like this, so angry, so willing to go this far to destroy people, there clearly is something that happened. There's a great evil in the burial mounds and a great torture, and think about it, it's only three months he was there. And we talked about Scum Villain's self-saving system. Lu Binghao was in the abyss for three years instead of five. So it makes you wonder what are in these things that MXTX doesn't want to describe, but they turn such 
innocent people into such ruthless people in a way. But that is the end of the flashback and you go back to modern day and you actually have Wei Wuxian and the juniors again, which I think is such a cute moment. I love Wei Wuxian with the juniors. And Lan Shizui now finds out that he is Wei Wuxian because he says, Mo, Wei, Kwambe, you were the rescuers, right? You weren't, you weren't the one who captured and brought us here, right? Lan Shizui knows it's Wei Wuxian now, and he actually responds well to it in a way. It's odd, but I still feel like there has to be something more between them because there's no way that... He was just fine with it. But you even see hints of it in the second book when we talked about it, that he was like, well, I'm not saying Wei Wuxian wasn't evil, but we didn't hear the full story. And so, in a way, I think there's something within Lan Chizui that doesn't believe the stories of Wei Wuxian or maybe has seen other sides of him. Who knows? I want to see more of it. But I also think maybe Lan Wanji's stories of Wei Wuxian and the positive memories he had being passed to Lan Chizui as they seem very close to one another. It's very much a mentee, mentor, big brother, little brother thing they have. Maybe even father, son, because Lan Chizui adores and respects and follows everything Lan Wanji does. Lan Chizui loves Lan Wanji. He admires him everything. So if Lan Wanji, I think, liked Wei Wuxian and spoke highly of him, I think that would greatly impact how Lan Chizui also does it. Because you, everything Lan Chizui does, he always compares himself to Lan Wanji and wanting to be like him. So it's not far-fetched for me to think that if Lan Wanji spoke about Wei Wuxian in a neutral or even a positive way because he has these positive memories of him. I have no doubt that Lan Shizui would also start to believe that because he does not see Lan Wanji as doing anything wrong. So the juniors are actually so excited that Wei Wuxian is not the ones that took them and that they have been saved by Lan Wanji and Wei Wuxian and Wei Ning from these ghosts. I love Wei Ning in this because he is like Wen Ning in this because he is like the third wheeling of Wu Shan and Lan Wanji's adventures now, and I love it. But um, then you see people are angry at Wu Shan, like, and your ghost general snapped my brother's neck, and you killed my uncle, and Wu Shan has nothing to say. He goes, I don't remember any of this, and it's whether it's not true or not, and he does remember, he doesn't, it's up in the air. But you see people get angry at him, and you see Lan Wanji now protect him again. So again, it comes back to the Lan Wanji rebuked him when everyone loved him and protects him when everyone hates him. They have a very complicated relationship, and I wish we saw a little bit more into Lan Wanji's reasoning and his rationale for this. I mean, what Wei Wuxian did with the Wen sect was, in my opinion, rightfully so. They had caused war, they had killed countless um, cultivators, they had slaughtered innocent people, they have abused, they have slandered everything. So in my mind, when Wen Chao was like getting ripped apart, I was like, go honey, you get him, Wei Wuxian. But Lan Wanji's like, no, we can't do it this way. But then something happens later because the other clans, now the four clans, team up to take down Wei Wuxian and that's how he died. Where was Lan Wanji during this? Because part of me wonders, did Lan Wanji turn on Wei Wuxian and now regrets it and that's why he's trying to make it up to him? Did he get, like, I also think there's that has something to do with the discipline whip scars he has. I truly think that those have something to do with Wei Wuxian. And because, of course, also, maybe it's me looking too much into it, but I also think you wouldn't talk about the branding that was on his chest and Wei Wuxian saying it's the same one he has. So they both have that. I don't think you would talk about that and the scars in the same context if they didn't mean the same thing. So I think the discipline whips was him somehow protecting Wei Wuxian or maybe not rebuking him or in the right moment. I don't know. I think it has something to do with that. As it continues, they finally also have their first kiss. And it's quite funny because 
Wei Hushen is an idiot. He cannot clearly see that Lama Ji really likes him. But they finally have the first kiss, and they're out like at a night hunt, I think, and he was, and Wei Hushen was showing off that he can shoot blindfolded. So he's blindfolded when this happens. It says that if it wasn't for the fact that he sensed no killing intent from the newcomer, Wei Wuxian might have assumed they were bearing ill intentions. He strained up slightly and tilted his head in his direction where the person presently stood. The corner of his lips quirked upwards in a faint smile. Just as he was about to say something, he was suddenly shoved hard, slamming back against a tree. He moved to yank off his blindfold, but the attempt was thwarted by his wrist being seized. There was a strength to the grip. Wei Wuxian couldn't shake it off. But still, there was no killing intent. Wei Wuxian subtly shifted his left sleeve, planting to shake a talisman. However, the newcomer noticed his intent and seized his other wrist with the same manner, then forcefully pinning both of his hands against the tree. Wei Wuxian raised a leg, about to start kicking, and suddenly he felt a warm touch on his lips. Stunned, he absorbed the movement. The touch was both strange and particular, both wet and warm. Wei Wuxian couldn't wrap his head around what was happening at first. His mind was completely blank. Then he finally regained his sense. He was shocked. His wrists were locked in place, and he had been pinned against a tree, and the person who had done this was kissing him. He struggled violently for a few moments, wanting to break free and yank the black blindfold, but surprisingly but surprisingly, didn't succeed, though he had the mind to keep trying and ultimately forced down the urge. This was because the one kissing him seemed to tremble ever so slightly. Wei Wuxian had thus lost the heart to struggle. Even though this girl's got some strength in those arms of hers, it seems that she is shy and bashful type. She's a nervous wreck. And so it's quite funny that he thinks that this is a woman and he has no idea it's Lan Ji, but we all know it's Lan Ji because not only is it really implied that it is, but actually in the picture next to it, you see that it's clearly Lan Ji. And then he continues to say, this had to be the case or she wouldn't have chosen a time like this to ambush him. She must have summoned a great deal of courage before she dared try it. Besides, it seemed her cultivation was high, which meant she must have pride to match. If he rashly pulled off the blindfold and saw her face, it was sure to embarrass her terribly. And then, when um, it comes later, he actually takes his blindfold off when he's released, and there is no one there. There is no second person. He's alone. So he has no idea who kissed him. And then it continues a little bit more going into similar history, but the book ends with Wei Wuxian not knowing it was Lama Ji who kissed him. I liked this one. I think seeing the backstory of Wei Wuxian and Lama Ji, seeing even more of them, because we saw when Wei Wuxian went to Gyuzo to study a little bit, but now we saw them in a whole different thing in a very cruel sect. And you also see what caused him to become the Yingling, the patriarch, and you also see what happened when the Yingling patriarch was there and the damage he caused, which is a lot to say the least and very, very intense. I like this one, I really did. Also the fan art of the Yingling Patriarch is very nice. May and I both agree with that. And I actually sent her this meme. And you know the meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend and the other girl walks and he turns and he looks at his head to see? It says, so the it's you and it says Wei, uh, Lan Wanji. So he's the person that's looking. Your cute husband, it's Wei Wuxian with him. So that's like the couple that you're, that's supposed to be together. And the person that Lan Wanji is looking at, it says your cute husband's smoking hot former corporal form whom you still have vivid dreams about and want to have his way with you until you pass on the side of a mountain. I was hysterical laughing at that. But I liked this. I think it's going to be interesting when Wei Wuxian finds out it was Lan Wanji who kissed him. I don't know how he'll react to that. I'm hoping he reacts well to it. Shi Chen and the cloud recess with having Wei Wuxian stay with them. I think that's going to cause some problems. 
we have yet to readdress the headband that was such a big thing in volume two and they barely addressed in volume three so i'm wondering if they're gonna pick that back up because i think that storyline was interesting and also is lan wanji ever really gonna let wei wushan take the headband or take off the headband himself when he's sober i think that is a big thing i'm interested to see about i'm interested to see what is this relationship between Zhang Cheng and Wei Wuxian. How has that happened? What's the difference between them? Why were they so close and now they're not? What is going to happen with Lan Chizui and Wei Wuxian? Because again, he almost called him Mo Shuan Yu. Again, he's not. He's in the body of Mo Shuan Yu and he was acting as Mo Shuan Yu, but he's Wei Wuxian. I think there has to be something deeper to that. Because honestly, I don't really think the average person would take well to you thought you were one person and all of a sudden you're like, no, I was the person that slaughtered a ton of people. I've been dead for 13 years. Surprise! I really don't think the rational human being would take well to that, so I want to see more of that. I honestly just really like the juniors, and I like uh, Wen Ning. I want him to be in it more. He's so cute. I love him. I also like to know how they met Wei Wuxian and Wen Ning, because he's the ghost general, and he's said to be Wei Wuxian's right-hand man. So I would love to see that. But yeah, I think it's a good continuation. I'm looking for the volume four. And sadly, we only have five volumes, but... Thank you for listening. If you have any recommendations, please let me know. I'm always open to hearing what you guys want and talk about the books we all kind of like. But I highly, recommend, I highly recommend checking out this series. It has a very different tone than Scum Villain's Self-Saving System. Scum Villain's Self-Saving System, even when there was very serious moments, there was always a sense of humor and irony in it. I mean, just if you read that series, you know it's filled with humor. It's very funny. It's even a light read, even in the sad moments, there's not many of them, but in Grandmaster's Modern Cultivation, it seems there's a lot at stake. The comedic timing isn't always there. There, it was a, there was a lot of that in Scumville and Subsame System. Here, it seems the humor relies a lot on Wei Wuxian's antics, aside from him being the Ling Patriarch, but like him arguing with Lil Apple, or him with Emperor Smile, or Lan Wanji being drunk. Those moments are a little bit more few and far between. It seems to be much more serious. It seems a lot more about death, redemption, politics, the magic realm, where Scumville's self-saving system was just hilarious. It was, <laughs> that was a really good series. So I recommend both of them. Um, I was very happy starting with Scumville's self-saving system. I think it's a great introduction to it, and those characters are just hilarious. They, I feel, were the most lively and vivid of all of them. But if you're looking for something a little bit more serious and with a couple more stakes, I recommend uh, Grandmaster's Mod Cultivation. It seems Grandmaster is four and a half volumes with a couple side in volume five. So take that as you will. It's a longer series where Scumville's Saving System was three canon books and then the side stories in the fourth. So the whole fourth volume was just little side stories and other things. But I recommend checking out MXTX's work. My friend May told me she's coming out with a new series. Looking forward to that. Volume 7 of Heaven's Official, Heaven Official's Blessing. The cover was just released. So that's coming out soon. I wonder how many volumes are in that. Seems that's the longest one. Well, like, clearly, that's the longest one. But I haven't started reading that yet. I plan to finish this and then maybe start reading that because that's really on my list to read and I really want to do that. But anyway, thank you for always watching. Thank you for your support. And as always, this has been the Notes from the Library.